Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. And you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. So would you say that that's kind of like the lightning bolt moment for you? And that's why I taught myself how to draw. It was actually the Little Mermaid. Drawing stills of Ariel. I've got better things to do tonight than die. jumped out of his chair and said, who the F is this? I remember walking out of the theater and saying, I'm going to write Halloween I'm rather impressed with your research. Rarely do people ask me about children in the car. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just do it. You know, throw some spaghetti against the wall. This is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys, The First Steps. My name is George Soroy, and thank you so much for being here. And it is such a pleasure to be a part of the Rising Tide Broadcast Network. I really hope you're checking out their YouTube channel to see all the different shows that they have available seven days a week. And looking back at these episodes, it really is a blast to interview these really wonderfully creative people. This episode, episode three was a lot of fun to record because it was my first live interview. I got to actually try out my Samson plug-in microphone, so the sound quality is definitely a little different than what the rest of the show sounds like. And it was a real thrill to be able to sit down with authors from PenCon. For those of you who don't know, PenCon is a convention that's been happening until COVID, obviously. It's a convention that caters specifically to book lovers. And so for two days, for Friday and Saturday in September, the halls are just flooded with book lovers that are just looking out for all these authors of all different genres and just scooping up all these new voices and really getting to know them and getting to interact with them and getting pictures with them. And it's really amazing. The vibe of this convention is absolutely incredible. I've never seen anything like it. It feels like the stock exchange for book lovers. And I mean, people are coming in and leaving with wagons filled with books. It's so inspiring. It's so motivating to get as much product out there So that way, these people can really take advantage of it. They can take pictures with you and they can have copies signed by you and they can have this sort of wonderful experience that you get to provide as an author. And I've done PenCon three times already. And it was actually the second time during this particular PenCon in 2018 when I wound up getting my own agents. And so this this particular episode really brings back a lot of great memories. And I knew that I was meeting a fellow author from Aloris Publishing, Michelle Bryan. And I was also going to be meeting her partner, Michelle Lynn, who's worked with her on a lot of different projects. And so it was a great opportunity to actually speak with both of them at once. I got to speak with both Michelle Lynn and Michelle Bryan. And What a conversation it was. I am so excited for you to hear it. I'm so excited for you to keep on hearing these older episodes and also continue to keep hearing the new episodes as they go. So without further ado, let me take you back to September of 2018 when the show was very much in its infancy when I was recording the last of the first three episodes that would launch Excelsior Journeys. Please enjoy this interview with authors Michelle Lynn and Michelle Bryan. Ever Upward.
Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Soroy. When you are an author online, you tend to hear a lot of really horrible stories about different writers that seem to undermine each other in order to get ahead, seeing a lot of different authors kind of sick their fan base on other writers, putting terrible reviews on Amazon, putting even worse reviews on Goodreads, which has become kind of a cesspool of negativity. But you never hear about the really good, positive stories about authors reaching out to each other, collaborating, and putting together something really special. And thankfully, for this episode this week, we have two authors that have actually met each other through Goodreads, were able to kind of swim through that muck, find each other, realize that they had a very special connection, and go ahead and create something really, really special as a as a partnership. So it is my pleasure for this uh, very special episode coming from PenCon 2018. It's my pleasure to introduce two authors that have come together on a very special project, found a great connection, and are actually meeting each other live in person for the first time at this event. They have gone on to not only collaborate on a project, but actually reach USA Today bestselling author status. So it's my pleasure to introduce uh, our two authors for this episode, Michelle Lynn and Michelle Bryan. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. It's we're we're happy to be here. We're excited to be at PenCon and excited to be sitting here with you doing the interview. Yes, and finally excited to meet each other in person. Yeah, that's been great. Yeah, and and for me to meet both of you in person yes. too, which has yeah. been which has been great because we've known each other for uh, quite a while through the authors community on Facebook. Um, and in fact, Michelle Bryan and I are fellow authors under the Loris Publishing banner. So how has that how has that experience been for you since you Great. came aboard? Oh, it's wonderful. Jeff is amazing. I would recommend that publishing company. I had a really bad experience with my first publishing company, so this is totally amazing. I'm so happy. And we won't ask what you know, which publishing no, company no, no, that no. was. We're no not names. we're not about throwing anyone under <laughs> no the bus. Names. We're all about giving really good positive you know yes. like feedback and everything and showing how positivity within the writing community can really can exist when it when it comes to when it comes to these these sort of things so why don't we hear from both of you about what it was that inspired you to become writers in the first place uh whichever one wants to start all right well i guess michelle the other michelle is pointing to me to start so (laughs) michelle lynn here and uh when i was about 23 years old. Uh, I've had I've had an illness most of my life, and when I was about 23 years old, that illness got worse, and I became bedridden for about six months. Uh, my illness is called ataxia. It's usually what people want to know, and I couldn't get out of bed for six months, so I had a lot of time on my hands, uh, and that's when I wrote my first book. I never planned on publishing it. I never planned on doing anything with it. I only even told one person, my a friend of mine, that I even wrote a book, and she's the one who pushed me to publish it, and then I finally admitted to my family, like, I wrote a book, and I was embarrassed about it. I don't know why. It's, you know, obviously not something to be embarrassed about, and, and they encouraged me to finish the series and write more, and there was no turning back after that. Once I started, the floodgates of ideas opened, and I just fell completely in love with the community and with the creative, the creative side of of writing and it's it's not something that you can escape easily and that series is 
that's the Dawn of Rebellion series. It's a dystopian, young adult dystopian. Awesome. Awesome. And Michelle Bryan? Well, I'm much older than my lovely writing partner. Uh, I have been writing for a long, long time, but I just wouldn't take the chance to put it out there. Same as you, I was a little embarrassed to say I write books. But I've always had the love for it. And about six years ago, I uh, left my job, and I had a few months in between my new job, so I thought, you know what, I'm actually going to sit down and try and polish up something that I've worked on. And that turned out to be the new Blood series, which is actually signed with the publishing company. A fantastic series. <laughs> <laughs> and like Michelle said, from then on, there's been no no turning back. Awesome. You'd you love it, and you have to stay with it. So um, I was talking about Goodreads before and how we've all seen just how toxic that environment can be to writers. There, there, are, many, there are many stories of writers that just decided to throw in the towel and just walk away from writing altogether because of that kind of yeah, that, that kind of feedback. So um, I don't even want to say feedback. It was basically just trolling, you know, mm-hmm. which is what yeah. it is. And so because of that, because of me saying that, I'm probably setting myself up to be attacked by those same Goodreads trolls. But at the same time, they're probably not listening anyway because this is all about positivity. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, tell us about the moment that you guys found each other. Uh, we found each other through a community on Goodreads. There are uh, Goodreads isn't just reviewing books. There are tons and tons of forums. It's a whole other side of Goodreads that a lot of people don't really get involved in. A whole bunch of forums and where you can meet other authors and you can meet readers and, and actually talk to people instead of people talking at each other through negative reviews of books they didn't read and you know and and let's be to be completely you know, wide open here. There's absolutely nothing wrong with a negative review. There is nothing wrong with reviewing a book poorly if you did not enjoy the book. You know, the, there's only something wrong if you did not read said book and you are giving these reviews and telling people not to read this book um, just because, you know, you're, you feel like you were in competition with that, uh, that author. So at that forum, what happened then? You know, you guys, you know, just suddenly noticed each other's work or something? I did. I noticed, I noticed your book and it was really, it was up my alley. It's something that I really thought I would enjoy reading. So I think I, I'm pretty sure I reached out to you and asked if I could read your book. And you didn't even know I was an author as well. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought she was some crazy reviewer who was like, you know, give me all the books. And so I sent her, I sent her a book. And she gave me a four-star review, so not even a five-star review. Yep. <laughs> but that actually, but that's that's actually something that a lot of people kind of look at. It was just like, oh, why didn't you give like the five? Yeah. But you know, like, as authors, you know, like we know just how valuable those middle reviews can be. Like oh, the four the, star, the most the three stars. Reviews. You know, like they'll you know they'll go into detail and talk about you know like what it was that really connected mm-hmm. with them and everything. There are so many different books that are out there. You'll see them all all the time on Amazon that are littered with five star reviews and just like loved it. Well, yeah, it was great. That does nothing, and it also you know like winds up working against the book because there are so many people that have this, Mm -hmm. and then they'll go ahead and read it, and if they don't like it, then they'll think that every review is invalid because they were just you know sent there by friends and family members. And critical reviews are so helpful. You know, we reviews are not an author's ego boost. That's not their purpose at all. They're, you know, reviews, most reviews are not even for the authors at all. They're for other readers. Like, we, 
aren't even we shouldn't even be reading our reviews <laughs> i we we try not to sometimes mm-hmm. um but the critical reviews can be so helpful because they that's how that's how you improve you don't improve by people telling you what to do well you improve by people telling you what you don't do well and you know every single author should look to improve with every single book they they write if they're not getting better then they should probably quit honestly you know it, yeah. it, no one is perfect there's always another level to get to, and you should always strive to <clears throat> to make your book the best that the best that you are capable of making it to be. And and that that level, that highest level, you should be pushing that up all the time, just constantly. And uh, yeah, reviews reviews really help you do that. Just like editor critiques and beta reader critiques, all of that. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly what what this is all about. You know, mm-hmm. like if uh, you know when I know that when my wife is looking for products on Amazon, you know she'll always you know she'll never really regard those five star reviews because you know she just feels that there she's not going to get any sort of information from those. Mm-hmm. It's always those four star and down that she always yeah. you know really pays attention. And to. It, the same goes on the other side of the scale. The one star reviews you don't you don't learn anything from the one star reviews. You it's because there will always be a spectrum of like people, there will always be people on each side of the spectrum, people that love it so much that they can't see anything wrong with it, um, which there's always something wrong. You know, the best selling books in the world have something wrong with them. And then there on the other side, you have the people that, you know, either hate, hate the author or hate the book or hate a topic in the book or have some visceral reaction to something in that book. And as a reader, you are probably not going to have that same reaction. So, you know, the one stars aren't really that helpful either. It's the it's the three stars, the four stars that really tell you if it's uh, quality work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that uh, that four star review. <laughs> tell us about. I don't remember. That. But tell <laughs> tell us about the you know the moment when you were reading that book. You know, not not the review itself, mm-hmm. but like the actual you know when you got finally got your hands on that book when you were. You sent out the request to read it. That yes. request was granted, mm-hmm. and you got to finally get into Michelle Lynn's work. So tell us about that moment. I I, I recall that I really enjoyed the book because I believe it four stories. I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I liked it. I did like it so much that I asked you for the others. Um, but like you said, no book is perfect, and mm-hmm. this was your first work. Yeah, um, it was my roughest work. Yeah, so there were you know sure. a few a few issues, and that is one of the things that I tell someone when they ask me what what's your best piece of advice. It's you can't please everyone. Yeah, and you just want sure that someone's going to pick something out of the book that really you know what I mean. Yeah, um, but it made it it was so good it made me fall in love with her work. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was good. Yeah. But George, I'm old. I don't remember what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I didn't know she was an author at the time. I just thought she was a reader. So when I found out that she had a book, too, I was like, oh, you know, I know her. I, I have to read her book. There you and go. So then, you know, I it was after that, it was no turning back. You know, we were reading everything each other wrote. And, you know, we were reading it before they were being published. And so you became just, each other's beta readers, yes, basically. Yeah, we did. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's great. And, you know, it just it kept going from there. We both we both spread into diff- completely different genres. Yes. Mm-hmm. She she went the post-apocalyptic uh, alien invasion route. 
and I went contemporary romance. Yeah. And, you know, oh, we, wow. uh, we, <laughs> we, split. we both started with dystopian. Yeah, we yeah. both started with dystopian. And, and What what you made know. you make that hard right turn? You know, like um, My third dystopian book was a really heavy book. It took me a year to write it. Each mm-hmm. of my first three books took me a year. Um, after that, now I write, you know, seven books a year, seven what? books a year. <laughs> and, but each of my first three books took me a really long time. And my third book was really heavy emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so afterwards I tried to write, you know, so many different things and I tried to stay in the same genre. And I'm like, I, maybe I only have one series in me, you know, maybe. And then I was like, no, I, I'm going to try something completely different. And I went contemporary romance is, um, it's not, I won't say it's easy to write, because uh, a lot of people write it, but it's light. Uh, yeah, there is, you know, some emotion in it, but you're not, you're not, like, sinking into these battle scenes and these deaths, and and you're not, you're not walking away from a writing day with this heavy weight on your shoulders, mm-hmm. and it's faster. You can write it so much quicker, and you can write them shorter, and so it kind of revitalized my creativity or creativity mm-hmm. and uh you know so after after that series i was able to get back into fantasy nice nice so it, it was just like the perfect little kind of shot yeah. in the arm and everything just by you know just by getting yourself surrounded by a totally different kind of environment yeah. and i still do that now I, I switched back and forth between contemporary and fantasy so you know i'll be i'm writing a fantasy series right now that's starting to release soon and i just finished another fantasy series but i have my next series is contemporary oh cool she's a machine yeah machine. like se- seven seven here about that <laughs> don't don't be you know, <laughs> you know don't be bashful about that that's amazing like that is when we started writing together yeah. she would uh, message me and say hey i wrote this chapter this morning Here's your chat. Now it's your turn. I'm like, you wrote it this morning. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, th- this is my envious face because like, it took five years for me to write Ever Upward. Well, Ever so, Upward is a long book. It is. It is. You know, like, um, yeah, it is. Yeah, I <laughs> read that one. That's that's a long book. You read that one? The, oh, awesome. Yeah, that's the first one, right? That's the second one. Oh, okay. No, I read yeah. the, I've read the first Excelsior. one. I Excelsior. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, haven't gotten into the second one yet. Okay. But I've read the first one. Yeah, but you've seen how big the second one yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, the second one, and you know the great thing was is that like both of those stories, you know, like they've been in my head for you know like roughly twenty five years. Yeah. yeah. And so, what's really going to be interesting about this third book is that I've only had just like a basic outline of the skeleton of that story in my head for this whole time. So, so much of this of what's going to be in this one is going to be brand new. Oh, that's me. great. So I'm, I am that's a exciting. little, I'm, a, I'm, it's exciting and I'm a little freaked out by it because <laughs> there's so, there was so much that was gestating with books one and two. Yeah. And now it's just like, okay, book three is going to tie the whole thing. The up. final book yeah. in a series is always the most daunting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so how many series, you know, do you both have? Uh, I have two of my own. So mm-hmm. I have two completed series, yeah. uh, trilogies and the one that I co-wrote with Michelle. So I have nine books. Yes. I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, I have three, is it, I can't count, three completed series, mm-hmm. um, and so nine books, and then a, a series with her, so four, four completed series, and then I have a series, a full series that's releasing all three books in October. Wow. All three books in yeah, October. Yeah, she's got them all ready to go. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm actually selling them here. Uh, the people at PenCon here get to buy the paperbacks before they're released. That's brilliant. That yeah, is so brilliant. It's, it's, and how and how has that been so far? Uh, it's been I'm. It's the beginning of day two, and I have one copy of the first one left, and no copies of the second awesome. and third. That is awesome. It's, uh, uh, it's it's been a it's been a bit crazy, and I have high hopes for this series. So it's yeah, I would think so. Yeah. You know, like yeah. considering that you basically just got yourself a really good handful of early reviews, which is yeah. what I mean. That's that's like gold. Yeah, know, this authors. series has been. I it's been really really difficult because the first book's been done for over a year. Right. The third book's been done since January, mm -hmm. and they've been going through through my editor and. Since the beginning of July, all three books have been going through my advanced uh, review team and stuff like that. And so it's it's been this really, really slow, you know, because I'm preparing for a rapid release. And it's been really hard to hold everything back. Mm -hmm. And I got the covers back in December, and they're beautiful. And I couldn't, I couldn't show them until June. Mm -hmm. It's like the ultimate test of willpower. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. So um, let's kind of fill in our audience a little bit with, since you mentioned your team, each of you talk a little bit about your team. Just like, I know that I have, I have, you know, obviously I have Jeff in my corner as my publisher. Mm -hmm. By this time, it'll be common knowledge that I'll have, that I have Amy Brewer and Patty Carruthers in my corner as my new literary agents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like through PenCon, you know, like I can say this is as of yesterday. So, um, and thank you. Um, and I have Molly Phipps, M.A. Phipps, you know, like, um, you know, to, to her fans as my cover artist, who is kind of a genius. You, you know, this, you know, yes. Michelle, Brian, She's very yeah. talented. obviously I have Rebecca J. Cox as my content editor, mm -hmm. who has been just an absolute dream to work with both Excelsior and Ever Upward, the versions that they are now, especially Excelsior, because Excelsior went through three iterations with this one the A. Loris version being the third and it's, you know, like it's the best it's ever been. And I swear this time I'm not rewriting it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and ever upward, you know, like that, a big reason why that one took so long to come out is because of the very hard hit that, that it got through Rebecca Sledgehammer. And, uh, but it, <laughs> at the same time, have a habit of doing that. Oh yeah. But at the same time, everything that they do makes it so much better. Mm -hmm. You know, and I have, uh, Jerry Ann Geller is my story editor. The two of us have really kind of hashed out this whole world. And, and I have, you know, like a handful of people that are anxious to read what, you know, yeah. what comes next. So I would say that that is my team. Michelle Bryan, what is, you know, who is your team? It's your time to give like a really good shout out. Um, well, I have the same as you. I have Jeff, yep. uh, of course, and Rebecca J. Cox and Molly. They're amazing to work with. They yep. all are. Um, then I have a few really close uh, people that are not afraid to tell me what is wrong with my book and to change mm -hmm. it. Michelle being one. Michelle yep. Lynn. Uh, yeah, when she says that, it's usually her coming to me and saying, um, Michelle, tell me what's wrong with this scene. And me saying, Michelle, stop doubting yourself. This scene is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I have a close friend named Misty Stitt, who we both know. She's amazing. She is an amazing yeah. lady. Uh, she never tires of helping us in any way. Um, I have another close, cl well, and this is all people that I've met through uh, online and yeah. through groups. Uh, Lillian, she is amazing when she does our reviews. She yes, is so, great. Yeah, she is great. So I have a few close ones. Um, there are more, and I'm sure I'm forgetting them, but a, a shout out to those people for sure because they, they are amazing. 
Awesome. Michelle Lynn? Uh, oh, too many people. Well, my uh, Melissa Craven is my editor. And really? Yes. And oh, wow. She is absolutely phenomenal. Isn't she here? To, no, this she couldn't come. I thought she was going to be. No, okay. I really wish she was yeah. here, but she, she couldn't come, and she wishes she was here. But um, Melissa is absolutely incredible, and, you know, sometimes I hate her. Yeah. <laughs> in case she's in case she hears this. Right. Uh but most of the time I love her and she's she's my editor, she's she's my good friend. We're writing she's a writing partner as well. Mm-hmm. Um and we also both work for Young Adult Book Central, the website. Right. Um so she's great. Uh I, well, other than uh other than Melissa, I have had the pleasure of working with some amazing cover designers. Uh we had Anne Marie McMillan, who did our Prophecy of Darkness, mine and uh, Michelle's shared series, and it was absolutely incredible. She took a sketch that was drawn by Linda Higgins, uh, who's very talented, very talented sketch artist, and she turned it into a graphic that she could then make a, a cover with, and she was great. For my new series, uh, Daiquiri Bernardo at Cover Covers by Coons is has just outdone herself this series if this series does well it is because of those covers and uh, uh, there's you know all the all the advanced readers uh, I have a fantastic team of advanced readers and they just they go above and beyond I send them one of my books to read and within two weeks you know they'll they'll all read it without question and it's it's just amazing and you know of course the the uh, community around me, you know, uh, Michelle and I are, are part of a, a great group of uh, female authors and who we have a group that just is there to support each other and to cheer each other on. And, you know, there's so many groups out there like that, and which is great. Why it's, this podcast is great because, you know, like George said, you hear so much of the negativity, and the, but these teams of people are there to support each other. Exactly. Exactly. So um, the main th- the main event that you know that we're we're going to be focusing on is your collaboration together, and every everything that everything positive that has resulted from that. Which, from what I understand, it's been nothing but positive. Oh, so yes. um, sure. so with that in mind, tell us about what it was that really got you guys together working on a project like whose idea was it to actually pull the trigger on on that and what um what was it like working with each other being literally two countries apart michelle Bryan is, is in canada mm-hmm. and um you know michelle lynn is down in florida i'm in ohio now ohio okay yeah. okay um well it was, I think it started from a conversation about fantasy books. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I I remember it as it was my idea to team up because I I approached Michelle carefully. I mean, I've known Michelle for a number of years, but you know, asking someone to write a book with you is like asking them on a date. And yeah. so you know, you're very you're very nervous. And so I I remember approaching her, being like, "Have you ever thought about co-writing?" And you know, when she was when she seemed open to it, I was like, "Do you want to do that with me?" Nice. <laughs> you know, since she had already said, since she had already said, yeah, co-writing would be fun. She really couldn't back out. Yeah, yeah. I had her trapped. Right. It was basically like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I think not with you. I think right. my response was, I can't write as fast as you. <laughs> I mean, that's 
that sort of, you know, workhorse mentality, which I am absolutely flabbergasted by, you know, that would definitely be something that would uh, that would encourage you to just keep on. She definitely, you know, this was the fastest I've ever written my whole life. Yeah. Because I felt the pressure. I felt the pressure of Michelle Lynn. Mm-hmm. I needed to keep up with this lady who could write a chapter a day. Right. <laughs> so with, so Have you what written the, it yet? Did you guys set deadlines for each other, or was it just a, was it just a matter of you know Michelle Lynn sprinting down you know <laughs> from the starting well, point? Well, we came up with an outline, <laughs> yeah. and we did. I've never been an outliner. I've always been a, a pantser. Like I will write an outline, and then I will never look at it again, and completely forget it exists. So just a waste of time for me. But mm-hmm. we made an outline, and it was a chapter by chapter outline, and decided who wanted to write what chapters through so, many hours of Skype and like. Yeah, many <laughs> hours of Skype because you know you get off topic constantly. Yeah. <laughs> may May I suggest for the future, Zoom is a better is a better program than right. Skype. And I'm not just saying that because I use them. Actually, I am saying that because I use it because when um, because one of the great things that they do is they they record convers- the whole conversation. Oh, nice. And so you'll have that as a really good either you know. Um, reference tool or blackmailing. We need a program you know, that just... can sense when you get off track, and then like be like, get you know, get yeah. back to work. Stop <laughs> talking about you know useless stuff. Get Send like a work. little buzz, you know, like on your seat, and just like, come on, yeah. <laughs> electrocution. Right. Stop talking about the movie you watched last night. Yeah. Right. Uh, but um, yeah, and so we we assigned each other chapters, and who wanted to write because we have we have like three or four points of view in this book. Uh, in the first one. And so we signed who wanted to write each chapter. And so basically we would, some of the chapters you could write without the ones before being being written, but most of them you couldn't. So we would prod each other along by knowing that the other person was waiting for our chapter to move along. Awesome. Awesome. And by that she means she would prod me along. Yeah. Are you done yet? Okay, I, need to get, I need to get started. It helped that the first book released in um, released on a deadline. We had we had oh. a deadline for the first book because it was going into a box set, and so it helped that you know we could be like, okay, we have to get this done. And the third book we did on a deadline too. The second one we sort of had a deadline but we were we were so far ahead on that one it didn't matter mm-hmm. but the third one um, we really had to struggle to get it by yeah. the deadline yeah. but uh, yeah the de- deadlines help they also create a lot of stress but they help yeah so the um, do you remember the word count that you had for that first book about 70,000 I think yeah. okay alright and how long did it take for you guys to to get it all you know finished from like conception to uh, completion. Um, well, conception. We came up with the book, and we came started coming up with ideas about eight months before we started writing it. Oh wow! Um, because Michelle had to finish another book before we started it. Mm-hmm. So, but you guys yeah. were using that time to just kind of like, okay, you know, like yeah. while you're working on that, let's go ahead and just brainstorm. Yeah. So that we way, were creating one, our world. Right. Yeah. So that way, once the time came to actually start writing it, you can just jump right in. Yeah, we could just jump right into outlining because we already had the entire world created. So it was great. Nice. I think it took us six weeks to from start to finish. Um, once we started, because yeah. there was a lot of start and stop, because we were waiting for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it took us about six weeks. Wow, that's awesome. Yes, because I was trying to get the third new bloods finished yeah. by that time. Yeah. So you were talking, you were talking about a box set. Now you know, like, uh, let's go ahead and um, acquaint our listeners with the box set setup. 
So uh, tell us about, you know, you guys have the experience with that, so. Um, it was, it was quite an experience. I mean, yeah, we it was w- a good experience. It was a good experience, yes. You got to meet a lot of other authors and see how they wrote and things like that. And Basically, what about, what a, what these box sets are is that authors are, um, coming together to put their books together into one volume. So to reach a, to reach, you know, more readers that aren't their typical readers. So they, there's usually a, there's usually a genre, a shared genre, and ours was fantasy. Um, it was the box that was called Fire and Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Had a gorgeous cover. We had, because we were coming together, we had um, lots of marketing funds and stuff like that. And it's a way for indies to be able to compete with the um, traditional publishers who have the advertising funds to put behind books. So it's just so like a ver- very box. much like a stronger together type yeah. of type of atmosphere. Yeah, it's great. And it's actually one of the things in the indie community that hasn't been great is that a lot of the negativity has been surrounding these box sets, the controversy and, and people are, you know, don't get into box sets and all this stuff. But, but really at the heart of it, you know, what, whatever you believe about anybody who's running the sets or the tactics they're using or whatever at the heart of it, it's people, you know, coming together for a common goal they're pooling their resources, lifting each other up as they climb, and, you know, because you've got experienced writers with inexperienced writers, and experienced marketers with inexperienced marketers. Everybody's learning from each other, and it's really a great experience. And and also, one, one, thing to, one thing to also keep in mind is that, you know, like, when these, when these box sets, you know, and everything come together and are going out, one of the more negative stereotypes about these types of box sets is oh these people are just buying their way onto the onto the bestseller list and that's really not the case I mean yes there you guys are there's there's some you know there is money invested in everything when it comes to like marketing funds and everything but publishers have been buying their way exactly thank you thank you that's you know that's 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 something that happens so many so many times it used to be it used to be that traditional publishers in order to get on the list they would buy all the books like they wouldn't you know it was and they would use them for promotional books like non-fiction books for people that are going on tours presidential candidates or whatever you know and as the list change and rebel against indies um they like uh the new york times list for example will curate off indies a lot of the time and the other other lists are consolidating the they're not doing just Kindle lists anymore because those are indie friendly. So they're doing Kindle and paperback because traditionals are selling paperbacks. Um, and so as as they're making it harder and harder, it's you know, you gotta find a way to level the playing field. It's not it's not taking advantage, it's not buying your way onto anything, it's working your butt off. You know, it, for, is, it was a lot of work, yeah, it was so and it's hard. not, and it's not only that, but also the fact that it's not like you're just bringing in any ordinary, you know, piece of work, or you know, like any ordinary, you know, author or anything. Like there is some serious curating going yeah. along with the best nice. with those box yeah, sets. There were we were with some amazing authors in our box set. It was great. Do you remember some, you know, some of the names? Um, well, we, we met, uh, yeah, actually, we were, we've been meeting some of the, some of the, like yesterday we met Alicia Radies, 
And, um, oh, she was so sweet in person. And it's um, it's fun because, you know, she actually was the manager of our box set. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, so she walked up to our table and she said, oh, I was in a box set with you guys. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so it's great. So you get to you get to meet a lot of people like that. Do, do you know if she got the same, you know, like letters and everything um, from that box set that you guys did? Or yeah, was, she did you know, really? Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. When I say letters, I'm talking about um, this was a USA Today mm-hmm. bestseller. So you know, like how how far did that get up on the on the charts? Uh, ours actually hit pretty high. Um, we were eighties, something That's like that. That's awesome. Maybe. Yeah, something around that. I think. So you top one hundred yeah. USA Today yeah. bestselling author. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Was, our our set did really well. We were we were very lucky. We had. Um, we had a gorgeous cover, yeah. And our, you know, our cover, our cover sold it. And we, and we had a team of people that worked really hard. Our team on Fire and Fantasy was incredible. Yeah, yeah. That is so cool. That is so cool. And I mean, this, like I said before, you know, like these types of stories are they represent the the best in indie writers because you guys you came together from you know different different areas found yourselves in you know like within a cesspool of negativity were able to get that positive feedback for each other were able to you know stir that into a friendship a collaboration a partnership and now you know like and now look at look yeah, at you guys yeah we you know we're not writing together anymore uh, our series is is done but you know, we we still talk every single day so what is the um, what is the series? Tell us uh, tell us about that. Who came up with that? Who came up with that particular series? Uh, well, that was that was both of us. Um, we decided that we wanted to do fantasy, like straight up fantasy, not you know sci-fi or anything like that. And we wanted there to be magic. We were like, neither of us has gotten to write. I mean, she's written with a little bit of magic, but it was different. So we're like, we just want pure magic. And so we just started with what if questions. You know, what if the what if the world doesn't have their magic? Okay, so why don't they have their magic? If they once had magic, where did it go? Mm-hmm. And what happens to the world if they don't have their magic? And um, we have in ours in Prophecy of Darkness, we created two kingdoms. One has magic, and one lost their magic in a war twenty years before. Right. Uh, it was drained from the land. And their kingdom is dying, and that's where all of our main characters come from. The kingdom that is dying. You mm-hmm. have uh, we have four main characters. Um, Tristan is the prince. Rissa is the princess, and then we have Davian, who's everybody's favorite character. Yeah. Uh, he's the he's an orphan boy who was taken in by the by the king, so he's been raised kind of with the prince and princess, uh, but he has no family. And then we have the daughter of a man who betrayed the kingdom, and they. Together, they have to go and they have to find the legendary Triguard, which are three keepers of the magic, um, who have been in hiding since the day the prince was born. Because the prince was born on the day that the magic was was taken from the land. And so they have to find them in order to, to find a way to reclaim their magic in time before the, uh, the other kingdom swarm, swarms their borders. Wow. Yeah. And it was, it was just so much fun just sitting there and tossing ideas back and forth um, and it, it we just it we made it so much better that way yeah because we we did have an outline like michelle said but then we get somewhere and i'm like oh but what if we do this instead of this she's like, oh that's great 
and then we get a little further. Oh, well, why don't we do this instead of this? I love it. So it was just so much encouragement, and it was just, it was fun. It yeah, was the most it was fun so much ever fun. Yeah. Awesome. So I, I suggest it to anyone. So the, um, so just to, you know, just to make sure the audience is fully aware of it, the series is called, what was it again? Pro- Legends of the Trigard, uh, but the first book is called Prophecy of Darkness. Prophecy of Darkness. Okay. Um, guys, you need to pay attention to the author's community because it's not just pettiness. It's not just, you know, um, embarrassing stories about trademarks. It's not, it's, it's not about, you know, like, um, authors get, you know, sending their fan bases to bring down another author. There is, there is true magic really to, you know, to basically just borrow from you guys, there is true magic when it comes to when, when authors find themselves, when they work together, when they support each other, and we're seeing that in spades here at, uh, oh, at PenCon. so much. And um, so huge, huge thanks and a big shout out to Rick and Amy Miles for putting PenCon together in the first place and letting us all uh, basically, like, find each other in this wonderful, like, central hub of, of creativity. Yeah, so there's been nothing but positivity here, and everybody is so wonderful. It's, you know, it's amazing, really. Yeah, and so, and just to uh, just to reiterate, this particular event, this is where Michelle Lynn and Michelle Bryan are meeting each other in person for the first time. And this is after working with each other for how many years now? Uh, it's been about a year and a half. year and a half. But we've known each other about five years. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, this, it's, it's incredible. I mean, this is, this is what, you know, this is what writing is all about. This is what, um, this is what this show really is all about. You know, like it really shows that, you know, like you are not alone and that's what, that's what this particular story really reflects. And that's what, um, that's what I hope continues to stay in, in people's heads. So like I said, Definitely keep an eye out for the writing community. It's really something special. Don't believe every you know like negative story you hear. Um, definitely do your research about it and everything. I mean, some people you know some of those stories may turn out to be true, but we're not all like that. So I want to thank both Michelle Lynn and Michelle Bryan for uh, spending some time out of this very early Saturday morning to uh, to speak with us. To uh, to share their story with you and to just remind you about you know like what greatness a writing community can create. So um, definitely keep that in mind with your own um, with your own projects, your own excursions, and um, just don't quit. You know when it come when it comes to the when it comes to this. Do not you know like let yourself. Do not let yourself fall victim to you know that sort of negativity. You got to push through it. You got to um, find that hook that's going to keep you going. Uh, they definitely did. They still do to this day, and it's um, it's just an amazing, amazing success story. And that was my interview with Michelle Lynn and Michelle Bryan back from September of 2018. I really, really hope you all enjoyed it. Michelle and Michelle have continued to be very busy in the writing world. Michelle Bryan's last series was called The Power of Faye, and it did well for her. Michelle Lynn has just been continuing with this amount of work that just continues 
to blow me away. It just seems like almost every couple of months she's announcing a new project. And meanwhile, four years later, here I am still trying to get Greater Glory Part 3 in the Excelsior Journey into a really good, happy place. So we all have our paces, our different paces when it comes to writing. So I'm looking forward to you coming back here next weekend as we look at look back at the episode with Christina Erickson. Christina's was my very first in my weekly run of Excelsior Journeys. She was not part of the original three, but she had a lot to tell. And this wound up being one of my most popular episodes. So I'm really, really thrilled to revisit this one. So thank you again, Michelle and Michelle, for being a part of the launch of Excelsior Journeys. I hope you've been enjoying Excelsior Journeys, The First Steps. And so until next time, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward, and I will see you next week. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Excelsior Journeys. I hope it was both inspiring and entertaining. Special thanks to Zach Comtois for providing new music for the intro and outro. Please take a moment to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe to your platform of choice by going to he'sgotit.com slash podcasts. While there, you can also fill out the application to be a guest, inquire about sponsorship opportunities, and click on the Buy Me a Coffee link if you wish to give your support to the show. All interaction is very much appreciated. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion for the show, please direct it to george at he'sgotit.com.